Welcome back, everybody. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference of Illinois, and thanks for joining our program here this morning on actually a Sunday morning here in Chicago for a change. It's kind of nice. Yesterday wasn't bad as well, so maybe we're on a roll here. It does help with spirits because, boy, last week when it was snowing was not fun. Um, all right, went off with the weather. Uh, so we're going to make a transition from uh, Bishop-elect Father McGovern, uh, and we're going to talk now with Laura McCormick. Lauren is uh, the executive director of, I think her title is Government Relations with the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Basically, she does kind of my job at the national level. So I have one one set of headaches in a state. She's got all 50 states in Congress. Lauren, are you with us? I am with you. Good morning, Bob. Hi, good morning. It's so good to talk to you again. Um, so uh, you've been busy uh, for the past, what, month or so since we found ourselves underneath this new, uh, gosh, I don't want to say new normal, but this new way of operating. Um, there's been a lot of activity in Congress on various oh, aid packages or levels of assistance um, to businesses, community groups, uh, individuals. And, and we've been trying to uh, also make our voice heard uh, to uh, get some assistance as we need because um, obviously with the economy being in the situation it is, um, things are not good in terms of the econo economics of things. You know, Lauren, there's so many bills and so many areas where you've been so helpful. I mean, there's school issues and there's hospital issues. And I, I think maybe in terms of putting some meat on the bones and some specifics, maybe you could tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the major things you've been working on lately. And then, you know, talk a little bit maybe about the CARES Act and how uh, now hopefully we can get some financial assistance to continue our mission. Absolutely, Bob. And you are right. It has been really busy at the national level responding to this crisis with all of these huge relief bills going through really fast paced. Um, and then now that Congress has passed the CARES Act, there's still a lot of work to do to make sure that all the implementation goes right yeah. and that the organizations, the small businesses, the groups that Congress intended this relief to go to actually gets in the hands of the right people. So um, the work has continued. And really, in terms of the way that the CARES Act has help the work that we are doing in the church, there is one program in particular called the Paycheck Protection Program. And like the rest of America, nonprofits, religious nonprofits, charities, churches, parishes are trying to survive and keep their workers on payroll so that they can keep doing the work in their communities that they need to do. And so this Paycheck Protection Program, which I'm sure many of your listeners have read about in the news, allows those religious nonprofits, nonprofits, small businesses to take this loan, use it for payroll, use it to keep workers on payroll. And if the nonprofit or small business uses it to keep those workers on, that loan becomes forgivable. Now, that money has run out last week. But right now in D.C., there is a package coming together to replenish the funding for the Paycheck Protection Program. It's looking like there'll be another $300 billion provided. I, I don't know how quickly that will come together this week, but it is good news that those, those loans are going to be replenished. 
this is a um, that Lauren's describing what's the program in the, in the CARES Act, the PPP program, as as many people have heard, the Paycheck Protection Program, and and it's important for for listeners to know I, I, how much time, energy, and effort not only Lauren but the uh, General Counsel's Office at the Bishops Conference has spent trying to tailor this legislation in such a way that uh, a church-related organization could apply for it. And I can tell you, Lauren, I know in the archdiocese and I know throughout Illinois, I'm hearing stories now of, of, of parishes uh, figuring it out, being able to apply, uh, getting in line, and, and actually have already received some of that funding. So, I mean, it's great news from, from the, the perspective of those parish employees who are able to retain their jobs and and so thanks to you and your staff what you've been able to do um i know it's been difficult um because there as listeners can imagine there are some first amendment there's some religious liberties issues when you have uh the state and and the church and there's there's money going back and forth so it's been it's been a very uh delicate balance in doing that and I think what I'm trying, I think from what I've heard so far, there's there's a positive feedback to this, um, albeit, as you indicated, the program now has run out of money, and now it looks like Congress may come back and, and reauthorize that. Um, so what do you see happening from here on out um, with the Paycheck Protection Program? You see them putting more money in. Is there, are there other things that are in there that we should be lo- watching out for? Yes, I do. I think that soon... As soon as this week, Congress is going to replenish the money for the Paycheck Protection Program, because the reality is that what you just shared about the positive stories, the the lifeline that this funding has been, is is widespread across the country. That it has helped, it is helping these small businesses and nonprofits keep workers on payroll, and that's the most important thing. So, um, I think that's going to be replenished quickly. Um, I think that there is going to be in this in this bill that's coming together. There's a lot of interest in targeting some of the paycheck protection money towards smaller lenders, mm-hmm. uh, those community banks, uh, because that's those the little guys are, are looking to be a part of this too, not just the, mm-hmm. the big groups. And then over the longer term, th- there's going to be some additional healthcare funding in this latest package as well, at least based on the reports that we have. So I think what, what's going to happen this week is is a, a quick, you know, unanimous bill that's going to go through. But then over the longer term, there's going to be a lot more conversations about what, what other relief is needed. And things like infrastructure or additional stimulus payments, there'll be a lot more conversation, more rights widespread about what relief is still needed. The number one question I get from uh, people when I talk about this is, where is the government getting all this money from? <laughs> that is the number one question I always get. And it's a difficult question to answer, and it's a simple question to answer. I would hear your take on it. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's an unprecedented crisis, yeah. and it's, it's coming from our tax dollars, and it's coming from our future tax dollars. So that's where it's coming from. And I think, you know, important to keep in mind that the, the CARES bill and the CARES bill in the House and Senate passed unanimously. And so just everybody's I think in. there's a widespread understanding that this is an unprecedented yeah. crisis and we need to get 
this funding into the hands of the people that need it as quickly as possible, and that's essentially what they did. Yeah. The uh, it, it, what's what, it, can you give us a sense of what's the mood in Congress right now? Is um, we know that this is a uh, this has been historically a hyperpartisan uh, type of uh, relationship between Democrats and Republicans. Do you sense that's the case on on these issues as well, or are they able to? I mean, if you got an unanimous vote for the CARES Act, at some point in time they came together. Um, are you still seeing, do you see that or is, are they just papering over those differences? What's your characterization of the relationships now? There's definitely still partisan debate and negotiating about, you know, which interests each party is putting at the top of their list. Um, but it's, I mean, thankfully when it has come down to it, both sides have been able to kind of put those differences aside and say, look, we got to get this done yesterday. Yeah. So um, that's encouraging. And we hope that that, that desire for bipartisanship working together can continue and that Congress can come together and see the problems clearly and address them quickly. Well, they, I, I think you had indicated that uh, they're going to come back or, or they're going to try to vote sometime this week. Does that mean that they'll come back physically um, in, in, to Washington, D.C.? I, I know there was talk at one point in time about doing this remotely. Yes. So the House in particular has been looking a lot into remote voting. And the reality is that in order to change the rules to allow remote they voting, have you there. have to right. – exactly. You have to bring them back to vote on changing the rules. So – it's possible that the House could pass a package by unanimous consent, or it, basically, there can it, you only need one member to object mm-hmm. to that. Right. So they're probably they're probably going to come back physically and vote for it. Well, I, I, I hope that you were able to kind of catch up on a little bit of uh, of rest the last couple of weeks because I know what was that about two or three weeks ago when. There were amendments and going sort of late into the night and things were changing rapidly. Uh, you and and the other people at USCCB did a really good job of uh, not only negotiating provisions in the CARES Act, but also keeping everybody updated on what was going on so we could provide input. So uh, I thought it was a very good uh, process. And and we communicate sort of via listservs and go back and forth. And, and sometimes that can be a little frustrating and complicated. But uh, I think it, man- it worked as well as one could expect under this uh, sort of very fluid, uh, uh, unexpected situation. Yes, I think it worked as, about as well as it could. And we've we at USCCB have been so grateful for the real-time feedback that all of our bishops and state conferences like you around the country have provided because this is this is an ongoing crisis that changes day to day. And so we really had to have that information from you and the rest of the states to make sure that what we were asking Congress and the administration to do actually, actually reflected the needs of the church and our communities across the country. Yeah, I was, I was, I was not surprised, but but I was impressed by the way that worked out. I mean, I think by and large, I don't know from your perspective, from where I sit, it seemed like uh, everybody was very responsive. 
It seems like you had your questions. You knew what you needed. It seemed like you were getting, by and large, what you needed. I mean, it's always you're dealing with 50 states. But uh, I think it did work pretty well between, um, as you indicated, sort of the lawyers, uh, people like myself, the the public policy people, and the bishops. I think you, I, I sense that we were all kind of rowing in the right direction uh, together, which is which it was it was good to see that. Yeah, I agree with that. Good. And Good. it'll be interesting to see. We know of many Catholic charities and schools that applied for these loans, and it'll be interested. It'll be interesting to see how many of them actually got this, or where the needs remaining needs are for this next round of right. the forgivable loans funding. Exactly, Lauren. Thanks for taking some time this morning. I know uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks for you, and I'm sure it's going to be again as we go forward in the next round of uh, whatever we're calling the next round of uh, eight packages. Um, Lauren, thanks so much for taking some time to join us. Thanks, Bob. Have All right, a great day. Take care. You too. Don't go away, everybody. Uh, we're coming back with Jennifer Jenis. She runs a very interesting program uh, out of the Peoria Diocese for OSF Healthcare. Uh, they are uh, fighting the COVID virus and uh, doing so in a very creative way. We're going to talk about that later. Don't go away. We'll be right back.